When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod save the queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, the Daily Mirror's royal podcast. I'm your host, Anne Gripper, and I am joined by an extravaganza of, uh, of colleagues here today. We have got Russell Myers, who is now familiar with you in the royal hot seat at the Mirror. Hi, Anne. Uh, Amber Grafland, our fashion director, is back again to talk about Wimbledon style in particular. Hello. And we're joined by Alison Phillips, who is our boss. So we've all got to be on our best behaviour. She is uh, editor of the Daily Mirror and she is also a columnist. Which Hello. means So we're glad to have Alison with us um, because there's been some relatively controversial stuff with the royals in the last week we've got lots lots to talk about today it's been a busy schedule there's obviously been the the christening pictures which were fabulous some new details emerged about eugenie's wedding which we'll be talking about later on um but first we're going to talk about the headache that just won't go away and the royals just don't seem able to tackle which is megan's dad thomas markle and we talked last time when he'd done the interview on itv and been really sort of quite outspoken and we were all baffled about why he was doing it and surely they had resolved this situation and then he's he's done some more interviews so clearly it's still not still yeah, not resolved it's, it's, um, this is the problem unfortunately that won't go away for the royals it's Thomas Markle once again stepping out um, and being a real pain uh, for the for the roles in terms of speaking his mind and he just won't go away. He's come out again uh, and the, one of the main quotes from last week, he was commenting about how his girl looks terrified. He's given uh, big interviews in the Sunday papers about um, his view on how he sees Meghan uh, reacting to royal life and he says he she doesn't look comfortable it's um particularly uncomfortable reading i think for uh, for for most of the royal family and royal watchers this week and he talked about her pained smile and um sort of commenting as well about thinking that the, his relationship with her is lost now mm. um and sort of pleading with her to come and come and visit in case he dies soon and then uh, there's a particular kind of punchy quote like if the queen can meet our president and had said some not very nice things about him you know ignorant ignorant and and whatnot then i'm a lot less bad than him mm. surely she can she can meet me and then now we've had the sister pop out as well and say if my dad dies early, it's all going to be Meghan's fault, yeah, essentially. Yeah, this is particularly uh, worrying, I would say, within the royal household, because this is really centering it on Meghan, really putting the blame on her um, by saying, you know, if it, it, well, obviously we know that Thomas has been ill over the last few months, uh, he stepped aside from the royal, royal wedding because of his heart condition, um, and now you've got Samantha Markle saying if, it, if, if it, anything does happen to him, then it will be all Meghan's fault. So, um, particularly uh, disturbing comments from her today. But at the moment, Thomas Markle's strategy is: I'm going to keep talking until the relationship is rebuilt, which seems a you know a relatively. Um Oh, interesting strategy. I mean, I don't think it's how I'd go about trying to rebuild my relationship with my daughter. No, I, I don't actually think that any of this has done a shred of damage to Meghan and Harry or, or the royal family. Because I think Thomas Markle has probably um, 
shown himself for what he is, in which he seems to be an egocentric, arrogant old man who cannot cope with the idea that his daughter is perhaps now getting more of the attention than he has previously done. I think you've got to put him into the context of Meghan's life, which is that after he split up with his with her mother, he there were periods where he was quite close to her, but there were long periods where he didn't have much of a relationship. There are long periods where he's dipped in and out of his other children's lives. I think his relationship with his children pretty much depends on how he tends to feel on any given day. Um, and unfortunately, I think he is one of those dads who maybe hasn't been a great father. Um, and this appalling behaviour that we've seen in recent weeks is indicative of the man. Because, you know, as a journalist, I obviously want to hear stories and, you know, it's, it's from that point of view, it's interesting when somebody is talking about the relationship and we are seeing all of the dirty laundry being washed in public. But as a person, you know, Meghan should be enjoying the happiest time of yeah. her life at the moment. She's just married her prince. She's got this new life. And if he thinks that this is actually going to have any a- attempt to bring them closer he's utterly deluded and and I think if anything it really shows why Meghan has wanted to come to this country to get a good distance away and when she said do you remember when she first did that interview with um, Harry and Harry said something like oh she's finally got a family or it's the family she always wanted this absolutely chimes because she clearly comes from this quite dysfunctional family not just the fact they live desperately but they've got very weird emotional bonds and I don't blame her for not wanting to have anything to do with him. Because it, I mean, it's clear that she's got a great relationship with her mother. We could yeah. see that at the the wedding. It was lovely, all of those special moments. But, you know, do you think there's any way that they can rebuild a relationship but, now? Uh, would they want I know to? I don't think she'd want to, would she? I don't think it's a massively popular thing to say, but children don't have to have good relationships with their parents if their parents aren't very nice people. Some people aren't very nice, and that includes parents. I still think it's very interesting that the royal family, knowing what a loose cannon he is, haven't done more to control it from the start. That's the bit I don't understand. I understand that he, well, he's showing his true mm. colours. We now see what he's like. But there were indications of that a long time ago. They haven't really seemed to have done anything to kind of contain him or to shut him up. Do you think they do? Do you think he's just well, he's think not shut up a ball? That's the lapse of judgment in it here. I think you, you know, we look at something like the royal wedding, which must have been planned to the nth degree. Everything was pinpoint perfect, and to have had such an important aspect of the bride's father again, what possibly one of only two or three people who are going to be invited to the wedding from her own family to have not been looked after with the amount of royal courtiers and flunkies and um, chiefs of staff that they have to not have sent someone over to America to then just be with him for a month or to even get him over to stay in Kensington Palace, all expenses paid and just keep him by their side in order to look at what, yeah, how he was reacting, whether he was being particularly stressed about the occasion. He was going to have to walk down the aisle and make a speech and to, to, to not have monitored this closely, I think it's a, a huge lapse of judgment. Because I mean, it was a running part of the narrative pretty much from the beginning really with the wedding planning. Was he going, was he going to be the person that walked her down the aisle? And I think when we were talking um, with Victoria, we kind of always thought that on balance, yes, he probably would. But the fact that it was less 
left as an open question for so long, whether that's Megan trying to get things straight about how she feels about life or whether it's, you know, dad being difficult and not willing to commit to doing it or, the, you know, so well, many things that we just more don't more know. now, like, it was probably him. It is <laughs> odd, though, that Harry still hasn't met his father-in-law. It's very mm, unusual, mm. isn't it? And just mm. that sort of peculiar phone call. That well, I think now probably is, it's... It's even further away than ever. Yes. Once, once he starts divulging the you know, the private conversations yes. of what they've had, the, the royals will be absolutely terrified that if they get him in a room with Harry, then he could end up being on you know a TV network the next week and be spilling the beans as yeah. to because it's, it's almost like it's out of the box now. You can't. The moment is gone to have it under control. But maybe. Perhaps it's almost what Meghan wants in that this is this is the thing that can draw an absolute line between her now and her past. Perhaps could be. And is it, I'm trying I'm trying to think whether there's been anything equivalent of people people marrying into the royal family in in the past. I mean, Fergie had her lively moments herself, mm-hmm. but probably more once the once the marriage I mean, had broken Diana down. Diana came but. from a fairly dysfunctional family, didn't she? They had all sorts of difficulties and. The one thing that kind of sort of slightly troubles me about all of this is though I feel very sorry for Megan and I think she's probably had this, you know, quite a stressful sort of time both recently and growing up, is what the lasting impact of growing up with a father like that might be and how that might impact on her relationships. Because so, William and Harry that. talk about quite a lot the impact of losing their mm. mother and that's I mean that's something that we've always seen through William's relationship with Kate that he's wanted her to be protected and feel comfortable with it knowing what mm. what a role she was taking on so you know the relationships that you well the relationships that you see your parents having and the relationship you have with your parents impacts Hugely. the rest of your life mm. obviously um Megan is getting on with it all though yeah, going about I, her business and I mean again we've I, I don't know a, the a terrified and Pain, smile. I don't, it's not something that. It's, it, it's, it's me, not something when you see her up them. close of of um, how she's reacting to settling into royal life. Uh, it's been a crash course to to get to grips with everything. But she's been doing remarkably well. Whenever you see her in public, um, she's very enthusiastic about royal duty. Um, and we've seen this where wherever she's gone, whoever she's met, they've completed the, their first foreign tour as we did last week, um, meeting. Uh, individuals at exhibitions no doubt she's going to throw herself into the charity side of the royal family but um, whether if if this whole uh, concept of her being uh, pained and misery etched on her face well uh, she must be hiding it pretty well because up close and personal it doesn't seem like that so you were out with her yesterday we were yeah it's um, another royal um, excursion for her and Harry together they were um, they were present at the Nelson Mandela Centenary Exhibition yesterday, which was um, a celebration of the centenary of Nelson Mandela's birth. It's a free exhibition in London. Um, Harry has been to South Africa a couple of times before, never met the man, met, never met the man himself, but has spoken about how, um, how much he admired him. And Meghan, in, in, uh, in private, as uh, we understand, has, has, has also expressed an interest in, in the great man's life. So um, it was, it's been put on at the Southbank Centre in London and they were shown around for about 45 minutes. Um, and, it, and again, just to reiterate that point of you know, hiding this concept of being particularly pained, um, it, was, it, was a, it was a great day yesterday, meeting a lot of people. And um, again, they, they, they seem to 
be working perfectly well together. We saw the photos of them looking lovingly at each other, which is, um, you know, is all too frequent now. We've seen it quite a lot. So we'll, we'll, we'll allow them because they've like just got married. I know, yeah. <laughs> sort of dumbing it down. Don't need a sick bucket. Just, yeah, 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 we'll just yeah. enjoy, enjoy, the, enjoy the happy moments. Um, did they get to speak to sort of real, real they people, did. as it they, were, yesterday? One of, the, one of the, um, the main focuses of the event was um, the exhibition is split up into different sections looking at Mandela's life and his um, uh, his, his campaigning nature and, and the sort of from freedom fighter into one of the country's most celebrated presidents and they met a man called Andrew Melangali who was in uh, imprisoned in Robin Island with uh, Mandela for 26 years a remarkable man he's 93 now and we spoke to him for you know grabbed him for 10 sort of 10 15 minutes at the end and he was extremely complimentary about Harry and, Harry and Meghan about that how he thought that their presence at the exhibition would not only um, bring it to a wider audience but you know open Mandela's story to to a younger generation and and when you're meeting sort of different guests who were there yesterday whether they were to do with the foundation or um, to, to, to uh, guests who had been invited there they, they really do see Meghan and Harry and, and also William and Kate as this sort of younger generation who are sort of bringing the concept of justice and fairness and charity out into the sort of wider public and, and that can only be a good thing for, for all these sort of uh, organisations that they're involved with. Well, you know, if there are things that you can be known for. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely worse things. And I guess, I mean, Mandela is a, is a huge international figure and what he achieved, I mean, I, was, I think it was probably about 10 when he was released from prison, so I probably didn't have a, a full concept of what was going on, but it was such a huge, huge deal. Um, but he's also obviously Megan is hugely proud of her of her black heritage and we've talked a bit in the past about how that is changing the royal family and changing how some people feel about the royal family I think when um, Victoria was down in Brixton um, when they were on one of their early early visits that people felt a bit more of a connection or spoke of it and we, we saw it in the wedding mm. it was so it was so different do you Alison do you, do you see that that is important that the royal family has got that more cosmopolitan element to it now. I think it's um, hugely important in that it's more in line with um, modern Britain, as been said before. I mean, many people now live in families that are mixed-race families. Um, many people live in families where maybe one partner has previously been divorced. Many people live in families where somebody might have come from a different country or she came from America. So it's a lot more representative of people's daily experiences rather than sort of some closeted um, world which we've had in the past where everybody grew up and they were all friends and daughters of dukes and whatever um, so and, and I think that's one of the many reasons that people really do like Megan because they can identify with her um, even though you know she was a Hollywood star and all so it's that bit slightly different but but um, and I think the fact that she's also very willing to be open about who she is and to act upon the, the issues that she feels very strongly about, um, so including diversity. Um, and I think, as Russell says, that's that's really powerful. So, from the from the from the good works and shining a spotlight on on important things, we like to look at the the fashion. <laughs> and um, so Wimbledon is, you know, we talk about the, the costed life. She does get she does get to go to some good gigs now, Megan, like Royal Box. 
on uh, Ladies' Final Day to yeah, cheer on her friend like Serena Williams. Nice day, yes. But apparently Harry hasn't even been to Wimbledon in an official capacity, so she's getting front row seats Head with of the Kate. Game. I know. It's Head of the game. Girls, girls' day out. The Duchess is out together. Um, and... It looked like a looked like a great day. Well, both outfits seemed to send um, the internet into a frenzy. Searches on Jenny Packham's website were up fifty percent as soon as everybody realised that Kate Middleton was wearing another dress by her, one of her favourite designers, Meghan Markle wearing Ralph Lauren, which we've mm. seen her wear before. The shirt sold out within twenty four hours, which is quite incredible considering that wasn't exactly a cheap shirt. And also the palazzo pants, everyone's now there's a bit of a frenzy about how they're a big trend for this summer as well. So they both still have a huge impact on the way people want to dress and people are very very influenced by their style and people just can't get enough of it i really loved megan's look on saturday i know she looked great a yeah. few Amazing. people did mm. suggest that she looked a bit like a line judge which i thought was really mean like <laughs> the, she looked great the, col- mean. the colors might be might be similar but I, I thought it looked so sort of summer relaxed chic like dressed up dressed yeah. down just gorgeous Although, unless you have sort of megan's figure you are going to look like a marquee aren't you yeah i think those <laughs> wide leg trousers can be yeah. quite hard or like you're standing in a puddle if you've got <laughs> short legs it doesn't work on everyone mm. and of course she bought her favorite madewell hat with her but wasn't allowed to wear it because you can't wear hats no hats in the royal box no, no, no hats so she had to brave the sun Ugh. i mean the very idea that she's looking terrified is just ridiculous she looks like she's having a great time everywhere she goes do you think maybe she's terrified because she saw her clothing bill <laughs> <laughs> yes she suddenly realized prince charles might be terrified <laughs> so yeah she has we, we touched on it briefly in our fashion special last week quite how i mean she, she is designer heavy there's no high no. street She's messing not around cutting any corners and a lot has been made about it this week because obviously suddenly people have started totaling up how much the outfits have cost because obviously we scrutinize everything she wears and i think it's coming in at about 155,000 pounds which is quite hefty a week this is so or, far or the 16 outfits since she's been married now so somebody else and i have a two months figures so this this was i read this somewhere else that kate only spent only spent £120,000 in 2017. In a whole year. So if you compare those two figures, Kate's looking positively thrifty (laughs) and Meghan is really, really wading in there. But I don't know what to make of it, really. I mean, she's obviously taking her role very seriously. She is used to a certain lifestyle. She is, you know, she was a Hollywood actress. Yes. Every time she stepped out, she would have worn really amazing designer yes. clothes and people would have been giving her those clothes maybe in the past. Do you think she gets given the stuff now or not? Apparently they don't accept clothes. Oh, they right. pay for everything that they wear. Because, yeah, talking about pained smiles, I would say the most pained smile I've seen is when Alison was positively wincing at those figures that were, mm. were being bandied about. Because it's it, a lot of money. It's serious money. It will perhaps reach a point where the British public don't like that as much do you think Russell well perhaps just from Kate's point of view when I read something recently about how she was recycling outfits and and when that would actually come into to Megan's um... we may see Megan repeating outfits you know we just don't know but I've got to say at the moment I'm I'm not thinking that that's going to be the case because Kate early on would wear some of the things that she we'd seen you know we'd seen her in before when she was William's girlfriend and you know you kind of dig out the old pictures Kate still wears a Zara dress that and, and looks amazing but in it, then before she? Kate was married we all know that she was shopping on the King's Road and mm. she loved going into Zara and LK Bennett and mm. she kind of stayed true to that, to that style and I don't Megan, think yes. Megan's ever been no. on the high street buying those kind of clothes so it's, it's kind of not in her you should probably mm. be given them when she was an actress as well yeah, so I now suspect. now she's got to pay for them we'll see well, 
Yeah. If the money runs out, but maybe it, they've just thought... But it's interesting. It will be interesting to see how it evolves because at the moment they do seem to have that human connection with people. And, you know, Harry always seems very natural when he goes and meets people and looks like it could be your, yes. almost be your little brother that you can yes. have a bit of fun with and, you know, tease and that kind of thing. And um, Megan is quite sort of like the gracious, glamorous girlfriend and people, and people are warming to them. about the engagement dress when she spent all the money, well, she bought it herself, we subsequently found out, but there was a little bit of a backlash when we found out that she spent over £50,000 on that than Ralph and Russo. So, so maybe she's doing better now because there's 16 outfits for three times as much money as one dress. Yeah. So um, I'm joking here. It's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So, I, I mean, I'm, the running totalizers will carry on going. I mean, well, I'm a, my view knows. is that I think, I think this will carry on for at least the next six months because you think they've completely committed themselves to loads of royal duties over the next six months they are the hot ticket they're going to yes. be photographed and these photographs are going to go around the world and then some so maybe she's putting herself out there but making sure that they're on point and then my prediction is for January we're going to see some recycling of outfits she's going shopping yeah, exclusive exclusive oh, yeah, dresses. I, oh, think, yeah. I think at some point there'll be a charity auction or the, uh, some yeah. of the outfits are going to go to a good cause that would be tremendous yeah. oh that's I a good idea that's, yeah. there's a PR tip if you're listening happy. Kensington Palace yeah so the dress that she wore when um, where it looked like it was sort of a Burberry coat with the arms cut off what was that oh the trench so yeah Yesterday. that was mm. House of Nonny a Canadian brand which Canadian. I have never heard of and it was £620 so it still wasn't exactly cheap I thought it looked a bit big on her I like the idea of it but I thought that it drowned her a bit because she's mm. very very tiny at the moment mm. um, I thought it had to, I thought it was interesting that it was the double double breasted yes. double button style again which she seems to be and the belt going for belt. yes what have you, since you're since you're new in here, Alison, what have you made? What's what do you make of Megan's style generally? Oh, I think she looks fantastic. Mm. I think she does look great, and I love the olive green dress that she wore in the um, christening photographs as well. Yeah, yeah, she looked fabulous in that. Ralph Lauren. Mm. And of course, we got to see the the christening photos mm. this week. Um, so they were lovely. I mean, they. They could not have been any more perfect, could they? In that they were obviously everybody been briefed to wear either navy blue or cream, yep. sort of an ivory colour. See, I thought Even a the theory matched. I was just beating <laughs> me oh, to sorry. it. I have a theory. Matt Hollyoaks thought they were going to be in Clarence's house. He checked out the morning room carpet and the tone was set and that's how they were all, the, the dress code was going to work around that because then I looked on his website and when he photographed the Queen and Prince Philip, they were actually matched to the Buckingham Palace carpet as well. Interesting. I think it's a bit of a theme. Ooh. I also wondered if they'd sort of put some kind of filter on it. In that it was it's almost, almost sepia, wasn't it? Exactly, almost shot in sepia. And I think what actually did happen, as I noticed as people were printing the pictures through the day, I think some people were trying to correct that effect. Yes. And sometimes when I saw them, they really didn't look very good. But actually, when you went to the original and you saw yes. that they were shot in that kind of old-fashioned sepia tone, they looked really, really beautiful. beautiful. And Kate looked fantastic. Yeah. And I really loved that the last picture that we saw. Oh, I know. Which, laughing. of course, was a different photographer. So the my theory about the um, portrait pictures, so uh, they were done by Matt Holyoke, who was shooting, it looks like he was shooting BAFTA-related portraits, having looked at his Instagram. Yep. And Kate is obviously big connected to BAFTA. 
after. So maybe she came across him there? Uh, Possibly. Maybe. I think Although I guess charity, there's a lot of charity work as well, and I wondered if maybe she'd met him through that. And if well, he shot they the said king and queen they, before. Yeah, he shot the king and queen, but he also does a lot of stuff in the National Gallery. So king and queen. Yeah. Prince yeah. Philip and the queen. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me, they're getting carried away. <laughs> um, so apparently that's where they saw him, but you're, you're, you're totally right. He, he, a lot of stuff with uh, that sort of BAFTA-esque mm. um, National Gallery sort of... Uh, style um, and it worked really well but as you said it, it was quite a contrast to Paul, Matt Portius's picture which was a great shot of um, Prince Louis in the garden um, and for, he was awake because he was asleep the whole christening so yeah. he was giggling he looked like a proper live yeah. wire yeah. and you get a sense of this is it's not just a baby in a royal dress it's a it's a little person it, it, I mean, it is great and I mean I just think Kate and William they have now got I know they've got lots of help and all the rest of it but they have now got three children and there she was out at Wimbledon again on Saturday she's done quite a lot of engagements I mean they they they, the, all four of the young royals are working quite hard, aren't they? Yeah, it wasn't quite a long... I mean, didn't know what to expect. Um, Kensington Palace didn't really put a, a time limit on her maternity leave, but, yes. you know, he's only 12 weeks old, mm. and you know, to, to be coming back... And, you know, she has a, a role with the, the Tennis Association anyway, but to, to come back and in straight into royal duties, um, I don't think... I think we will see more of her. So Wimbledon weeks. does count as work? Because I wondered whether it was just, like, Kate really <laughs> liked... Yeah. Kate well, I've really been trying to Wimbledon. convince them to let me go for <laughs> So yeah, so don't ruin my gig, seriously. But and she wore that lovely yellow dress that day as well. Yeah, Dolce Gabbana. I thought she looked amazing. As you say, she didn't give birth that long ago. She looks absolutely incredible. Um, she looked like she was enjoying herself, working very hard, obviously, and enjoying herself. <laughs> and what I really liked was her and um, Megan together. Look, they're really getting yeah. on. And there's been too much of this narrative that because they're both sort of attractive, sort of smart women, they must be at each other's throats trying to kill each other. And yeah. there, there's actually no indication of that whatsoever. No, they looked like they were having a great time. Um, yeah, I loved uh, Kate's yellow dress. And we, because we were being excited last week about Megan's yellow dress. But this one, Kate's one, reminded me even more of Amal Clooney's at the wedding. That kind of really mm. rich, rich yellow sunshine. Um, and then Kate, Kate did a double at Wimbledon. Back again on the Sunday with, with Prince William. With Prince William, yeah. And they look so like they saw, nice saw the men's final as well. I mean, it's probably one of the first times that they've got out together. I imagine date night or date day maybe <laughs> yeah. in front of everybody and you're sitting also next to Therese May and her husband Philip so the Prime Minister and um, we had a bit of fun on Sunday afternoon because we've been in we've been in work all weekend and you see pictures and then at some stage you've got to have some fun with them trying to imagine what Kate and William might have been talking about with Therese yes. May and Philip um, particularly given that Donald Trump had just been to visit. So many things you couldn't talk about. I think, and I think that's why it's not really fun for them going to Wimbledon as it might be like if we went with some of our mates or a partner, because they do then still have to be polite to everybody and chat to everybody. They're never really off duty, are they? And you're on site as well. Mm-hmm. At some stages, the TV going to catch you. I, yes. think, I think there was one year that somebody lip read that Kate had said to somebody, oh, "I'm just going to go to the loo, or yeah, you know, yeah. can I get by to you're get never out?" Off duty for them. No. So. Um, Kate does look really relaxed at the moment. Um, you're a mum of three. Do you think mm-hmm. they should stop at three? Is three the magic number? Um, well, if I was her and I had a staff and I had, sort of, I think, well, no, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they had one more. She seems to, apart from, apart from the morning sickness, which is obviously quite debilitating, she seems to sail through the motherhood bit of it entirely, doesn't she? Yeah, she looks really happy. And as you say, if you had all the help in the world, Why wouldn't what you? would stop you? Yeah. I'd have ten. <laughs> and yeah, and clearly her parents are very, they're very hands-on as well, so she's got that support. Um, and I think she's been able to 
sort of accommodate being a royal into her lifestyle, hasn't she? So like, obviously she spends time with her sister and her friends and you sort of, and all those amazing pictures we've seen this summer of her taking the kids out and they're having an ice cream. They look like they're actually kind of having a nice life. Yeah. They're trying to be a bit normal. Yes. Which is probably a good thing for the longer term, particularly looking at the, you know, the, of the parents' generation mm. of royals. Um, so we mentioned Donald Trump coming to visit. Poor, poor, poor the Queen having to do it. I mean, particularly since it appears, I mean, it was reported in the Sunday Times that um, Charles and William said, mm, no, sorry, we're not, we're not game for doing this. What do you do? Yeah. You think that? Uh, uh, no, as, as I understand it, I don't, I don't think that is the case. And I think that um, had they been, uh, there would have been a meeting about it and there would have been certain advisors to, uh, advising them what to do. Um, and, I, and, I, and I don't think that was the case at all. I think that um, had they expressed a wish that um, they didn't want to go, they probably would have come to a bit of agreement that it was for the, for the good of the country and for the, for the good of um, for the family and indeed the Queen. So um, if she would have probably made the decision to go it alone. Um, and I, th- I think she, ca- she came out of it smelling of roses, really, because mm. he just looked like an absolute um, mm. fool and a um, bit of a buffoon as he is when he was standing in front of her and the not bowing and the, sort of, um, the, um, the way he just completely did away with any sort of protocol that he should have been following. Because there's, there's this, the thing about how, you know, he's a head of state, so he doesn't need to bow because sort of they're equal. But then there's also a degree of, actually, you've been doing this job for a really long time and you're a, you know, you're an important lady and actually I'm just going to be sort of a it's little bit humble. Seat. It's yes. respect. Seat. Yeah. And she was stood there waiting for a long time at Windsor Castle, which theoretically, he, he arrived on time. So was she out, whether she was out early or what happened? It certainly felt that she was waiting for him for a long time. Um, I, apparently he did he did stick to the, to the timings, but you know, it was a really hot day. She's not a young woman anymore. And I thought she handled it marvelously. Mm. And I think it was, just enough to have been courteous and gracious on her part but absolutely not a thing more and the the video clip when you know she's they're going down to inspect the troops and donald trump walks in front of her and then he just stops and we've all had that moment when we're walking down the street and someone's just stopped in front of us or we've stopped ourselves and then realized that we've really upset the person behind us and then so he stops and he's obviously massive and really quite broad and stands really proudly and she's just sort of probably two foot shorter than him and you see this little face poking out from around the back and she just walks around just just casually walks around it just gets on just gets on with it and just doesn't bat an eyelid really but you can imagine it'd be a bit the queen's been around long enough and seen enough people to be able to get the measure of someone pretty sharpish and i think she's got the measure of him so there were a few things that people spotted that again provoked some theories and we don't have access to the inner workings of the queen's mind so we do (laughs) cannot tell for sure whether these are true but um it was spotted that there was a dog bowl in the uh in that picture of the queen standing with donald and melania posed up in that gallery bottom left there's a little Mm -hmm. dog bowl on a little plastic sort of mat so that it doesn't damage the carpet and then the next day when there was another some royals visiting it had disappeared And then my other favourite thing, which was spotted by um, at Samurai Nitter on Twitter, who is um, Julie. So she, her theory was that um, the brooches that the Queen was wearing were sending some subtle messages. So she wore she wore the Obama brooch to meet Donald Trump, oh. which, which was a gift in yeah when they when they stopped over in 2011. Yeah, so it was a it was a personal gift mm-hmm. rather than a gift from America. So. You that's know, good. so that's that's, that's good. good. Yes. And then the next day, she wore a Canadian brooch 
just you know yes and then uh for the for the big dinner she wore um the brooch that um her mother had worn for her father's funeral oh so you know anyway so that has obviously people on twitter got excited about it i like i like the theory you know the queen of shade has been has been oh, a I nickname guess. that has been created so you know um and I, and I think it was good as well, really, that the younger royals didn't meet him. I mean, that would have been the photo opportunity he really wanted. Mm. Um, it, it, it wouldn't have been at all fitting with the new brand of new royals. Well, I thought it was interesting, actually. I think there was quite a good reaction to Melania's message afterwards when she sort of said how honoured she had been to meet the Queen and managing to be... I, th- I felt like she came out of it as quite um, classy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Maybe it's easy to be classy standing next to... Donald mm. Trump. I apologise to our listeners if the, if you are Donald Trump fans, but I cannot profess to be one. I'm afraid. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, so she she looked she looked great and sort of a nice classy message as well. But um, I'm sure he may be back again at some stage, and we'll see the full state pomp and ceremony. And the others may get Let's may get to meet him further get down the line. Beforehand, perhaps. Mm. So. No. so we we shall see. Um, right. Breaking news today. Oh yes, breaking well, news today. Princess, more details of Princess Eugenie's royal wedding. Yeah, so we've got another royal wedding on the cards. That is 12th of October, um, and we're back to Windsor. So we all had a great time. We were, we were all either we were there, as I was lucky enough to be, or we all saw it on the TV and how great it looked. Unfortunately, I think it might be a bit different on in October. It's <laughs> pouring down with rain, and it's not a wonderful British summer that we um, we all saw. Um, but nevertheless, they are getting married um, back in, uh, well, Windsor, uh, James Brookbanks and Eugenie. Am I pronouncing it right? We've, we've been through this before. Yeah, so we... we Eugenie. Uh, is it Eugenie? No. This is, this is a conversation <laughs> with... This is, what, this is what I learned from Victoria very early on. And Victoria, if I, I apologise if I am not managing to do pronunciation. When I was doing languages, my speaking was always my worst bit. But Eugenie... Eugenie, there we go. Is apparently how I get it. Um, so yeah, so the, the news from today is that they are inviting twelve hundred members of the public. So they've opened up a special royal website where anyone across the UK can apply for tickets. And obviously, Harry and Meghan did uh, the same sort of thing. I think they had about two and a, two and a half thousand, just over two and a half thousand guests, uh, who would be allowed to sort of go into the bowls of Windsor Castle and see the carriage come and go. They will. Um, Eugenia and James won't have as um, a big as a, a, a procession afterwards, but they will do a little one down the high street. I'm sure there won't be as many people at this wedding, but um, I think there's a quite a sweet move that they've done, sort of opening it out, and um, we'll see here, see how many apply and see who, how many are there on the day. But we'll, we'll be there. Um, that's for sure. How embarrassing are this four people on the high street? I know, and, it, and it's raining, and it's drab, I'm really and it's very, I know. Yeah. I just don't think there's going to be much popular demand for that, is there? I don't know. There's, there's quite a lot of people who love the royals, and but you know, love and it's just Eugenie. But it was so busy at Windsor, and yes. I know there was a lot of foreign um, uh, travellers who had come who yes. come over especially yes. for yes. it. And there's a lot of people, so maybe the people of Windsor will come out in support because I know they are huge royal fans or supporters. Um, and with it being a smaller um, occasion. 
I mean, Windsor's a great place to go at any um, time. It's a nice time day out. It is a nice day out. So I fingers crossed for the weather because part otherwise... the tricky thing with these two pictures and Eugenie is whilst, we, as we've just said, that all the other royals do seem to be working quite hard, if, if you can call going to Wimbledon hard, but it's never quite clear what exactly it is that Beatrice and Eugenie do with their days. And I think that makes them quite hard to warm to. Because they've got jobs. Well, when you say jobs... In real... They've got real, real world jobs... Usually, I think she's, she's, she's a, she works for an art, an art gallery. Yeah, right. So they're not they're not <laughs> they're, so, they're, so they're not working they're not working royals. They're meant to be making their own but way what, in did, life. Which one was it that had about twenty seven holidays last year? Was I think, it yeah, 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 yeah. Beatrice is uh, not shy for a trip or two. That's for sure. <laughs> so. So we shall see what we'll see what they do. Um, so there is there is an opportunity to apply to go. Um, yeah, we've we've put it on the Mirror website today. That's all part of the part of the story that we've done. So if you go to the Mirror website, you'll be able to get to the link, which is at the bottom of one of the stories that we've written today. I think people will turn up, not least because I hope to see some of the others. Yes, that's true. Who are, that's who true. are the current flavour of the month? I don't. I, I mean, I, I'm still staggered that they're having it there. I mean, after all the I pomp know. and ceremony, it would be is definitely like the after party after the after party. And why would you have wanted afterwards? Yeah. Well, yeah, because they didn't get engaged till January, right. January the twenty second. Oh. So they've had you know ten, a nine ten months to plan it. Yeah. But even so, they even if that anywhere. was your dream venue, yes. I think after seeing it. Um, you know what it was like in May you'd say do you know what let's yeah. just have a few yeah. family and have a couple of pork pies and, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. and they're, not, yeah. they're not short of royal chapels but maybe it, maybe it had been her dream maybe, maybe it was so you know let's, I mean um, you know uh, apparently we're not paying for it but well so I think we shall see I think um, Amber and Danielle and I will be talking about Eugenie's fashion at some stage very very soon it feels like it's starting starting to build up a little bit to royal it's wedding number dull, two so i'm hoping at least that will be something good to talk about yes we have higher hopes of her fashion probably now than we might have done five years ago it's looking more hopeful but you know you just never know her mother's wedding dress was something spectacular wasn't do it? you remember i had completely I forgotten this that it had an s and an a embroidered into the train um, i'd completely forgotten that classy it was yeah. the most 1980s <laughs> wedding dress yeah. it really that was they could possibly how they got been. away with that <laughs> so gone down in legend um final mention for uh Charles and Camilla. It's Camilla's birthday. Happy birthday, Happy Duchess birthday. of Cornwall. Birthday. One of our secret favourite royals. We often I say that we quite fancy going for a gin and tonic with yeah. her. And she got to spend her birthday in one of the best places, I think. She was Absolutely. in the they Isles of Scilly. Scilly, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, they've had a really busy week, really briefly. They've had a busy week in Scilly, down in Cornwall, and um, they're doing a couple of engagements next week. So we will see them in Staffordshire and the Isle of Wight, where she's meeting Dame Judi Dench. Dame Judi oh. Dench is going to show her around oh. Queen Victoria former home so oh. I'm sure that'll That's be interesting oh yeah exactly you're off to the Isle of Wight I'm not unfortunately I'm going on holiday for oh. a week so oh well we shall miss you I'll miss you all um, but you deserve a holiday so have a lovely have a lovely time um, thanks very much to li- thanks thanks very much to you all for listening to us once again and we'll be back very soon but until next time Pod Save the Queen 